Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. On the road, U.S. Grains Council meeting is where I am at in Des Moines. As we're going to take a look at what's been happening within the market trade, some interesting uh, things that we're going to talk about on the markets in a spiral. What type of direction is it going to take to get these markets maybe to refocus? We know it's hot and it's dry. We'll talk a little bit about how that's affecting the trade. We've got crop tours going on all across the Midwest. So how is that feeding in to what we're seeing on the trade today? So we're going to talk about all of this with Arlen Sudeman. He is with Stonex. But before we talk uh, that, the Fed statement came out today. And I know you were just skimming it over and getting a chance to kind of read it when I when I called you. But how do you see the, the Fed statement having an effect on the markets come tomorrow? Well, the Fed's really kind of held the line as kind of was expected. They had the big Jackson Hole Symposium at the end of August, and that's when they kind of get more face-to-face and kind of behind closed doors and opportunities, we think, to really start discussing more significant changes to the policy. But for now, they're holding the line, saying that even with the increase in the COVID numbers, the economy continues to rebound. And and frankly, the economy has been doing quite well. Right now, the Fed is pumping $120 billion worth of assets into the economy uh, via its asset purchasing um, program that it has, or quantitative easing. You really have to ask, is that necessary for an economy that is doing as well as what it is and has really rebounded quite well? Uh, But the Fed continues to look for excuses to do that. And I think part of it is because Janet Yellen, who's one of their former members, is the U.S. Treasury Secretary. And uh, so there's a, quite an agreement there, a partnership between the administration uh, and the Federal Reserve. And they need to keep interest rates low. And the only way they can do that, as long as the government is spending as much as it is, is to buy those debt instruments that the government is offering needed to pay for the spending programs. If the Fed pulls back on purchasing of of those uh, assets, then you start having interest rates start to rise quickly, and that starts bringing a halt to the economic recovery. So I think they're probably bought in. We've seen from past meetings that we've had an increasing number of Fed members who were starting to get worried about inflation getting out of hand being more than transitory remember the fed originally told us that we'd see elevated inflation levels for two months and then everything will kind of go back to normal now they're saying well transitory means more than two months it means maybe the rest of the year Um, and that's becoming an increasing and growing concern for a lot of people out there but i noticed today's statement had virtually unanimous voting support and i think it's because a lot of the members who are getting concerned know that they'll get a chance to delve into this more at the jackson hole symposium and and that could be a real pivotal time so i don't expect too big of a market reaction tomorrow to what was done today we've seen rather muted response in the outside markets as a result we initially saw the dollar rise sharply um, but then start working its way lower again. And I think that's more of a realization that this Fed's probably going to stay in easy money uh, mode for quite some time. And a cheaper dollar is good for the commodity. So if there's any response, it, it probably that this will favor the commodities in the near term if we see that dollar continue to work lower. How do we see the, the, the processing uh, of these grains when we look at, at corn and beans and really trying to 
look at the good and the bad that's happening, how do we get them to quit in this spiral factor that's going on? Yeah, well, Minneapolis spring wheat led the markets higher today. It was some sharp gains, over 3% gains, largely because the wheat tour in North Dakota is showing how bad the drought is in the northern plains. And so that there's no doubt that we're going to see below-trend corn and soybean yields in the Dakotas and Minnesota. But the rest of the Midwest, the rest of the Ag Belt, has some pretty good yield potential with some exceptions here and there. The question is how the bad is balanced out by the good and that argument hasn't been settled yet and I think over the next month we're going to be but the trades really been wrestling this with, with this they rallied sharply in early May based on the the weather risks in Brazil and here and you recall we talked about back then okay we've had this big rally on the potential risk but we're not going to know what the final size of Brazil's crop is until August. We're not going to really have a handle on what U.S. production is going to be and how the weather coming this year is going to play into that until August and later. So then we anticipated the market would just kind of have big swings back and forth in both directions until it got more clarity as we get into August, September. So that's what's happening. We've been trading in a broad sideways trading range, but in a narrow, getting the range is getting narrower and narrower. It's kind of like a coiling spring, that energy building up in there. Uh, and if the crops end up being short, we could see a surge to the upside, or if the crops end up being uh, trend or higher, um, then we could fall to the short side. Now, my bias as a former agronomist is that we're going to see the problems outweigh the good, particularly with the weather forecast that we have looking into the month of August, leaning to the dry side with periods of heat as well. And I think that's a real concern. And so I don't think we can rule out going back and, and uh, pushing these markets higher again. But we really won't know that until we start to see the crop readings reflect that, start getting in some of these private crop tours. Uh, and survey-based production estimates that we get in the month of August to actually show the data uh, that the bad is outweighing the good. We're going to have to come back and talk to the, about this when we come back from the commercial break because I'm curious what this is all going to mean for, for August markets. Having said that, we will be back here in just a moment. We'll continue to look at what's happening within this market trade on a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Arlen Suderman is joining us, and we will have more coming up. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Arlen Suderman. He is with Stonex. So we were talking about this whole spiral effect and the things that are happening within the market trade, all the unknowns that are out there this year. I think, Arlen, even more compared to what we've seen in, in years past. Having said that, from a producer's perspective, looking at what the August markets could be, I mean, they are called futures markets for a reason. How do we prepare? What are some mindsets that we need to have as we get ready to start harvesting this crop, not knowing what all these things coming into the pot are going to be like? Yeah, and I think that's going to vary a lot from operation to operation. If you're a young farmer who's heavily leveraged, you can't afford much downside risk. If you're you know, well-established, very low leverage on your farm as far as debt, et cetera, and, and are, are cash-rich, so to speak, you can afford to take a little bit more risk, and it depends on what you've got marketed at this point. 
But I think there's a couple of things. First of all, if you're in an area that's looking real good yields, um, then you have to be concerned about basis risk, what the basis, that difference between the futures and the cash market might happen as we get closer to harvest and local processors just start really pulling back the basis because they're expecting to see uh, greater production in your area. So you've got the local area and the big picture to keep in mind. The futures market's going to react to the big picture, your cash market to your local situation. And in in that situation, you can do some cash marketing, but use some of the over-the-counter products that are available from many of the uh, cash grain buyers out there that allow you to still maintain some upside price protection in case the national picture does drive futures higher that you would still be able to participate to some extent in that. Um, on the other hand, if you feel like you've got a lot of it marketed already, you can afford to take a little bit more risk in your situation, you may want to write it out. But you're going to have to stay closely involved because markets climb the stairs higher, but they take the escalator down and they can go fast in this environment. We've certainly seen that here this summer with some significant price moves at times. So it really comes down to what you have done already and what you have left of what your production risks are, what your insurance coverage levels are for protecting what you've got priced, um, and, and what your leverage situation is there in your farm operation. Arlen, we know the weather pattern continues to be hot and dry. Obviously, more of a big effect right now on the corn than, than the soybeans at the moment. But having said that, you saw the crop ratings on Monday. We can pretty much expect to see another another drop happen in next Monday's report. Yeah, I think so. It's it's just plain hot, as we know, here in the plains. And that heat is extending into many parts of the central Midwest as well. And there's not much rain with it. Yeah, we're seeing some thunderstorm clusters developing um, from time to time. But those clusters hit, uh, you know, uh, an area one to two to three counties wide. But most areas are being left out high and dry, so to speak. So, and that pattern is going to continue. We're going to moderate the temperatures, um, but not add much precipitation to the forecast. And as far, in fact, as we look at the month of August, it's got a real dry bias to it as well. So the corn is basically moving out of that pollination phase and we can do the most damage to yield. But the, as we saw in 2017, the grain fill stage can have a major impact on yields because we add 5 to 10% to kernel length or take away 5 to 10% if August and early September is not favorable, that has that impact on yield of 5 to 10% one way or the other. So that could really sway us in a significant way. In soybeans, it's not just pod set and pod fill, but the size of the beans in the pod. All of that is determined in August for soybeans versus corn. We're looking at just primarily grain fill. So we still have a lot of weather risk in front of us. We don't need a big 2012 type crop failure this year to really excite these markets. If we drop the corn yield between, below 174, 175, we start running tight and need to ration demand. If we drop the soybean yield below trend, 
we basically run out of soybeans and have to start rationing demand. So there is a lot at stake here. It doesn't take a major failure, just a just a significant reduction below trend of significance, and uh, we can bring the excitement back to these markets. As we wrap up, a question for you on the cash cattle. Could we see the higher ask for cash cattle? I was reading earlier today that boxes are pushing higher, so is the cash going to do so as well? And not necessarily, because we still have an oversupply of cattle in the Southern Plains feedlot district, and unfortunately that means that the feeder still doesn't have the leverage we need until we get those numbers more current. The packer's just basically paying whatever the packer wants to pay, regardless of what's happening in the product market. All right, Arlen, best way for folks to get a hold of you? Stonex.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.